This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, hello, hello. All right, let us dive in. We're walking the talk. We're living the love. We are, we are, we are. And the healing is happening. The transformation is happening and we're grateful. Because sometimes it can feel like we are stuck in the muck and the mire and we'll never get out of the suffering. But it's not true. It's not true. I'm here to say it's not true. Peace is real. It's happening now. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Let us place our hands upon our hearts and tune within. Mm. Taking this breath, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and we remember ourselves as love. We are the love. We are the peace. It's our true identity and we're remembering it now. Releasing all sense of separation, we open ourselves to an awareness of the truth that liberates, the truth that sets us free. In this moment, let us place onto the holy altar fire of divine love all sense of lack, all sense of limitation, We're not interested in thinking those thoughts anymore. We're interested in knowing the truth and living in alignment with love. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. So grateful, so grateful to be free right now. Yes, yes, yes. So, let's see, Tuesday is a great day for me, (laughs) it's a great day to connect, and one of the things that happens on Tuesday uh, is, of course, this radio show, Yay for Tuesdays, and uh, now what also happens on Tuesday is my Sacred Circle. And so that's my new program that I'm offering, and you can learn all about it at jenniferhadley.com. But it, it's a way to connect and be in circle together. You can ask me questions, and you can ask them in writing or on the phone by Skype. We've got that sacred circle happening every Tuesday, and you can join our group for as little as $10 a month. And there's lots of other good stuff that comes along. So I'm going to invite you to go to jenniferhadley.com and check that out. Join my sacred circle. It's something I've been really hoping to be able to do for years and years. And now I finally get to do it. Yay! And so I I start off with that really in part because as I was saying uh, before the prayer that sometimes it can seem that the, the misery and the suffering and the lack of success just goes on and on and on. This is one of the things I hear over and over again from people is they just don't feel successful. And they feel like they can't succeed, like they're blocked from succeeding. And uh, we've been talking about that in the sacred circle. And it's just not true. And what is true is that all thought produces 
form at some level. And all of the new thought teachings teach that our thoughts produce form. And, of course, miracles, A Course in Miracles also teaches that same thing, which is that our thoughts produce form. So whenever I meet someone who seems to be suffering from a sense of lack and limitation, whenever I meet someone who seems to be unhappy or disgruntled or feeling that they're missing out, that things are not as they would have them be, it's always very easy to discern that they are consistently thinking the thoughts of lack and limitation. So the way to really enforce and reinforce and experience lack and limitation is to think about it over and over and over and over again. And then every thought produces form at some level. So the world that you see with your eyeballs, the world that you touch with your fingers and hear with your physical ears, that world, the world of effects, the 3D illusory world, will demonstrate what you're thinking. And I know when I was in science of mind classes at the beginning, the way I began to think of it is that God is a yes machine in this world. Uh, the universe, the law of cause and effect, it doesn't have a choice. It just has to say yes. So if you think the thought, my life is the pits, then the universe will say, ah, it's true. Here's what that looks like. And then and if you think the thought, I'm not good enough, no one's ever going to love me. The universe that we see in 3D will say, yes, it's true. Here's what that looks like. If if you think, I don't feel well, I'm never going to heal, the universe will say, yes, it's true. Here's what that looks like. So again and again, it's here's what that looks like. Here's what that looks like. Here's what that looks like. Indeed, our feelings, our feelings are form. So all thought produces form at some level. If we're thinking thoughts that aren't true, thoughts of lack and limitation, thoughts of any kind, we're going to feel them as well as experience them in a physical level. So our emotions are part of the world of form. And very often what I have found is that when I'm not feeling well, and I'm not enjoying what I'm feeling, that that's the call for me to wake up and smell the spiritual espresso and change my mind. Because, the, I, you know, I just don't want to suffer anymore. I have been there and I have done that. So part of what our journey is about is really moving into trust and faith and no longer relying upon our opinions and judgments. And this is the trickiest thing. What I have found hands down is the hardest thing for me to do, the hardest thing for anyone to do, as far as I can tell, is release the habit of judging, release the habit of forming opinions. Because when we invest in judgments and opinions, we are investing in things that are not true. And the truth sets us free, so the opinions and judgments are the confinement. They are what creates a sense of separation, the sense of limitation, the sense of lack. So judgments and opinions create suffering. In all cases, there's no case in which a judgment or opinion can do anything but create a sense of limitation, lack, and suffering. Because judgments and opinions are the tools, the weapons of separation and mass distraction. So we're liberating from the need to, again and again and again, create that distorted view and to think that we're right about our judgments and opinions, no matter how strongly we believe them, 
will never be right, and they'll never be true. So think about it this way. Just as a practical day-to-day investment of your precious time and energy, if your opinions and judgments will never be true, ever be true, never, ever, ever be true, and they create your suffering, and they create the sense of limitation and lack, would it not make sense to focus everything you can on eliminating the need for judgments and opinions? They are a poison. They poison your life. And at the end of your life, when you're making your transition and you do what so many people seem to uh, have let us know is what happens when we move from this 3D to uh, the next dimension, we do that life review. Would you like to review your life and say, oh, look, there I am creating suffering day after day after day for myself. There I am creating a sense of lack and limitation day after day after day for myself. There I am sabotaging my relationships. There I am sabotaging my spiritual growth. So I would say to you, forget all the books, forget all the classes, forget all that stuff, and dedicate yourself to giving up your opinions and your judgments. And the only thing that is really a good investment in terms of your spiritual practice is anything that supports you in awakening to your divinity and releasing the need to judge. And so one of the things that has helped me tremendously is... A manual for Teachers in A Course of Miracles. I just love the Manual for Teachers. I refer to it all the time, and I encourage people who are just starting off with The Course of Miracles to start with the Manual for Teachers, which is often found in the back. And because most people get the three-in-one, the text, the workbook, and the manual. So in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 4, talks about trust. Chapter 4 is entitled, What are the Characteristics of God's Teachers? What are the Characteristics of God's Teachers? And first, of course, before we get to that, Chapter 4 defines that what are God's Teachers. And God's Teachers are essentially anyone who in any one time had an awareness of the unity of all life and recognized that they were not separate. Yes, yes. And the most important characteristic of God's teachers, and and that's each and every one of us, because we have an awareness of the unity of all life, and we are cultivating the ability to hold it consistently and completely. And so we are among God's teachers. And the number one most important characteristic is trust says here, and this is page 9 in the teacher's manual, this is the foundation on which their ability to fulfill their function rests. So trust is key. And my favorite part of the trust section is called a development of trust. And the development of trust talks about what I call a process of elimination on the way to illumination. So in order to have total illumination, mental clarity, pristine awareness, we have to eliminate the things that block our pure, pristine awareness, which is our true identity. So the only things that can actively block our pristine awareness and that the only things that must be eliminated are essentially our judgments and opinions. I mean, it just boils down to that. It really does. And what's so amazing and interesting is, and I was talking about this with David Fisherman, how, how we give ourselves permission. We give ourselves permission 
to do that which obstructs the clarity, to do that which blocks the flow of good in our life. We give ourselves permission to judge. We give ourselves permission to criticize, to blame, to shame. We give ourselves permission to hold resentment and to think attack thoughts. And we kind of do it in such a way that we say, oh, it doesn't really matter. I'll be good starting tomorrow. This, you know, it's like saying, well, I'm just going to eat this bag of potato chips. This bag of potato chips is not going to make me fat. You know, these getting drunk this one time is not going to ruin my life. We, we keep saying things like that. We keep giving ourselves permission. And you'll notice that all self-sabotage and self-medication really is around identifying with the body. So our spiritual self does not need self-medication. <laughs> it's only about the body. And why do we self-medicate? It's because... Largely because we are feeling upset. Why are we feeling upset? Because we've given ourselves permission to judge and to attack. And so we can't stand the way it feels when we actively choose the thing we say we do not want so much. When we as spiritual students go into thoughts of lack and attack, we go into the behaviors that create the intense sense of separation, then we feel guilty and ashamed, like we are stupid and bad spiritual students, and we do not deserve or are not entitled to our divinity. So it's like we're the prodigal son. We have squandered our inheritance. Why? In order to have pleasure. Isn't that what the prodigal son did? He squandered his inheritance in order to have physical pleasure. And then when the inheritance was gone and the pleasure was over and he was suffering and he realized that even the pigs that he was responsible for taking care of, because that was the only job he could get and handle, even the pigs he was taking care of had more to eat, better to eat than he did. That's when he realized, I should just go back home. And isn't that what happens to many of us? We realize that we have fallen in to that swinish, piggish, stinky, muddy behavior. And we're up to our eyeballs in mud and poo and crap of our own making. And it stinks and we can't stand it. And that's when we finally say, I surrender. I give up. I've tried to work my well. I've tried to make things be as I would have them be. But now it's time for me to go home to God there's the music so we're going to take our break and talk about this some more I'm Jennifer Hadley you're listening to A Course of Miracles thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles living the love walking the talk Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Magically, we're back. (laughs) Miraculously, we're back. And so we're talking about a development of trust and moving out of the habits of playing small oh my goodness playing small that that to me is such a it's it's a mental illness playing small and uh, boy I used to have it (laughs) I really did and I had no idea and one of the ways that we play small is that we cherish our judgments and opinions and as long as we're doing that We are actively enforcing a sense of limitation. Because think of it, 
your judgment that something is not good or not right or wrong or bad, it's a limiting point of view. So if you are cherishing your judgments and opinions, you're cherishing thoughts of limitation. So what's going to happen in your life? Limitation, of course. What else could happen? So that limitation is going to show up in your finances. That limitation is going to show up in your physical well-being. That limitation is going to show up in the quality of all of your relationships. So you can think, oh, this is just one potato chip, you know. Uh, You can think, so one potato chip is not going to make me fat. You can say, oh, this is just one judgment about my stupid coworker. It's not going to ruin my life. You can think that. And in every instance of you choosing to think that, you will be incorrect. You will be incorrect. The truth sets you free. Judgments imprison you. All it takes to create a sense of lack and limitation is cherishing one judgment. Just one. And I am here to tell you, you can set yourself free. This is what Dove and I were talking about last week in the show. And this is what I talk about all the time with the Course in Miracles folks because it is a miraculous and amazing. Remember uh, a couple months ago when Rhonda Britton was on the show, right? She had such suffering, such suffering. But she liberated herself. She set herself free. It's amazing that we can go from being in like the prodigal son, living in the mud and the muck and the mire of our judgments and opinions, our thoughts of lack and attack and limitation. We can go from that to feeling liberated to feeling free, to feeling peaceful. Why? Because that's our true identity. And how do we get there? We have to give up our judgments and we have to, instead of cherishing that, we start cherishing the truth. And that requires a development of trust. So let's look into this. I go back to this again and again and again. And I encourage the folks who are in my classes to read this section, which really, it's just two pages, not even, in A Course in Miracles. You can read it on a daily basis. Read it until you know it, and you can see how it applies to your life. Oh, my goodness. So it says here, In the development of trust, it talks about these different phases, these different periods that you go through. And so each one of them is building on the one before. Each one of them is bringing tremendous benefit. So it says, first, we must go through what might be called a period of undoing. So we have to go through this. We have to go through this in order to get to that sense of freedom. We go through a period of undoing. It says, this need not be painful, but it it usually is so experienced. So it doesn't have to be painful. The period of undoing can be liberating. It can feel liberating. It it says, it seems as if things are being taken away and it is rarely understood initially that their lack of value is merely being recognized. So, for instance, I know folks who have uh, gone through bankruptcy. I know folks who have gone through foreclosure and short-selling their houses and investments. I know Many people have been through this, as we all do. In that experience of undoing, letting go of those investments, letting go of the attachment to what they thought they were going to gain, letting go of 
a home, a business, all these things, it can seem so excruciating and painful. But it doesn't have to be experienced that way. It could be experienced as freeing. Because the truth is that we must give up all attachments. It doesn't mean we can't enjoy our stuff, but we have no attachments. We must be willing to give up the attachments in order to experience the freedom. It is the attachments to our point of view, the attachments to our stuff, the attachments to our opinions and our judgments that keeps us in the place of suffering. So, what would be the highest and best thing that could happen for us if we had all these attachments and we're experiencing all the suffering? Wouldn't it be helpful if the universe could orchestrate to take away the things that we're attached to? And sometimes it can feel like they're being ripped away from us, right? Who hasn't had that experience of feeling that? It can be even the death of a loved one or a beloved pet or anything where it feels like we are being just uh, torn from the thing that we have an attachment to or the one that we have an attachment to. And so the truth, though, is this is our point of liberation. If we don't freely surrender the attachments... And we don't have to freely surrender the relationship or the stuff. It's just the attachment. And judgments and opinions are only that. They are only attachment. Attachment to a point of view. Attachment to a perception. And our liberation is on the other side of our willingness to set ourselves free and surrender the limitation. So, one of the things that it talks about in this valuable trust section is we need to begin to recognize what's truly valuable for us, what's truly valuable. And what's truly valuable is that which cannot be taken from us. What's truly valuable is our ability to access love and peace and harmony and wisdom and joy and clarity and freedom and wholeness and harmony. This is what's truly valuable. And yet, for many of us, we don't actually value it. We value instead the things that create limitation and suffering, our judgments, our opinions, our attachments. One of the most challenging things for many people in their relationships is to give up the need to be grasping, manipulative, and controlling in relationship. And that behavior, it only creates suffering, and yet why do we move into grasping, controlling, and manipulating is because we think it's going to bring us what we want. And we think that having what we want will make us happy. If we are in a place of wanting and wanting and wanting, then we're in a place of never, ever having. The end of wanting comes when we realize we already have. The kingdom is already pre-installed. We've already received it. A Course in Miracles says, ask and it is given. Because it already has been given. So in the this trust section, it says, how can lack of value be perceived unless the perceiver is in a position where he must see things in a different light? So if we are attached to the stuff, the point of view, the relationship, whatever it is, Are we actively going to be able to see things in a different light? No. Not unless we willingly surrender the attachment, which we can do. And this is what I encourage because it's it's a much more peaceful way to go, really. I mean, who among us would prefer 
to try to work our will over and over and over again, creating more and more and more suffering, more and more limitation, more and more lack, more and more upset, until things are finally ripped and torn away from us so that we can finally begin to see clearly. How many of us have to keep medicating and medicating and sabotaging and sabotaging until we are down in the muck and the mire like the prodigal son? Can we not just choose to value that which is truly valuable now? Can we not just choose to go home to God now? Why delay our happiness? (laughs) So, For me, that's the thing that I saw. Oh, I've been delaying my happiness. Why am I delaying my happiness? These judgments and opinions have never made me happy. Being right has never made me happy. I'm so much more interested in being loving. I'm so much more interested in being loving. Is it challenging? Yes, it's challenging, but so is suffering. Oh, I'd rather experience the challenge of letting go of my judgments and opinions than experience the challenge of suffering. Yes, I would. So it says here, and again, we're in the Manual for Teachers, page 10, a development of trust. Sorry, it's development of trust. It's section A. (laughs) And it says... How can lack of value be perceived unless the perceiver is in a position where he must see things in a different light? He is not yet at a point at which he can make the shift entirely internally. And so the plan, remember Course in Miracles talks about there's a plan, a script, will sometimes call for changes in what seem to be external circumstances. These changes are always helpful. When the teacher of God has learned that much, he goes on to the second stage. So the first stage is realizing that all things work together for our good. All changes are always helpful. So even when it seems like our loved one has passed away and we are missing them and it's horrible, even when it seems like we are going bankrupt, even when it seems like the person we love is never going to love us back, and it seems that we'll never be happy, if we're thinking that we're never going to be happy or that we're never going to be healed or we're never going to feel good or feel well, if that's what we're thinking, well, first of all, that's what we're going to experience more of, so we could change our mind right there. But if that's what we're thinking, we're also dead wrong because ultimately... We will surrender, ultimately. It might take many, many years. It might take many lifetimes. This is why sometimes in my classes or in my counseling sessions, if someone is really attached to a point of view that's creating suffering for themselves, I will suggest to them that they make a decision and mark on the calendar how much longer they are going to choose to believe that which is not true. How much longer are they going to invest in the suffering, in the pain? And they can decide how much longer will they put themselves through it. So I'm going to invite you to do that right now. To place your hand on your heart and to tune within and think about some area of your life where you have been experiencing mental suffering and anguish and you've been relentlessly thinking thoughts of lack and limitation. Perhaps you've been having fantasies about how you could control and manipulate others to do what you wanted them to do. Perhaps you have been fantasizing about revenge. Whatever the area of your life is where... It's not working. I'm inviting you to make the decision to release your judgments and opinions and to trust that all things work together for your good. And whatever the changes are that are going on, 
if there's a seeming loss, know that what is yours can never be taken away from you. What is yours in God? So that kingdom that is pre-installed cannot be taken away from you. That is the lesson of the prodigal son. And that's why it's such a powerful lesson is as soon as he decides to go home, he's welcomed. As soon as you decide to value that which is truly valuable, all else will be added unto you. Seek the kingdom first. That's where your joy is. That's where your peace is. It's never in the stuff. It's never in the circumstances. We are learning to see and know and feel and hear clearly the truth that does indeed liberate us. It liberates us now and forever, and it's indeed the only thing that can liberate us. So in this moment, be willing to surrender, to give up and give over the attachments that are hurting you, like a child playing with a dangerous weapon. The loving parent will say, okay, That is not a good thing for you. That's not a good thing to play with. We take this breath of love and gratitude. And as we go into our break here, I'm going to invite you to just sit with it. Sit with the surrender and know you are setting yourself free right now. I'm Jennifer Hadley and you're listening to A Course in Miracles. We're walking the talk and we're living the love on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right Your intuition always knows best, but can you hear that still small voice? Spend a powerful weekend with Sonia Choquette at Unity Village and discover that place within you that just knows. Then use this connection to spirit to feel creative and inspired, and most importantly, to fuel authentic action in your life. Join us for The Power of Your Spirit with Sonia Choquette, August 24th and 25th. For details or to register, call one 866 348-6489 or visit unityvillage.org forward slash Sonia. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. And we are back. So we're liberating ourselves So think of it this way, and this is one of the things that I love about this development of trust section is it's so practical. It lets us know that we are going to go through these stages. So the first one we have to go through in order to awaken 
is the period of undoing, which does not have to be painful, but it usually is. Let's not make it painful for ourselves. Let us surrender the weapons of mass destruction. Let us surrender them freely. And that is primarily our judgments and opinions. It is our judgments and opinions that fuel the grasping, the controlling, the manipulating, the self-sabotage, and the self-medication. It really all begins with the judgments and opinions. Uh, last week with David Fishman on the show, we were talking about forgiveness and I've been teaching forgiveness workshops and classes for 12 years and I didn't realize this for a long time, but I finally did see, oh my goodness, the people who are having trouble forgiving are the ones who refuse to let go of their opinions and judgments. Forgiveness is non-judgment. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is non-judgment. So if you have something that you've been torturing yourself over, you've got to be willing to move into non-judgment in order to set yourself free, in order to not hurt yourself anymore. Is it easy to live in non-judgment? No. No, it is not. It is hard, or so it seems. But it just seems hard because we have such an attachment to our judgments and opinions. And what I'll tell you is this. It's kind of like getting in shape. So when I first started working out, and I I started uh, running back in my 20s. I don't run anymore, but I used to. I ran for a decade or so. almost every day. When I first started running, it was hard. It was hard to run. And I did not like it. But I got used to it. I got in shape. And now, I don't run. I I take spin classes, which I love, and I work out in other ways. And I love working out. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. But when I started working out, I didn't like it. I hated it. It was one of my least favorite things to do. So when I first started giving up my judgments and opinions, it felt really, really hard. And sometimes it felt excruciating. But it does not feel that way anymore. It doesn't feel that way anymore. So I'm telling you, you can do this. You can do this. You really can. Hey, and this is one of the reasons why I started my Sacred Circle. Uh, so if you go to jenniferhadley.com, there's a bunch of stuff there. I want to encourage you to go take a look at my website. One of the things that you can get that will be very helpful to you, it's been helpful to uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. It's a free workshop. It's totally yours for free. All you have to do is put in your email, your name, and I will send you an email back with how to download it. And it's called Get Over It. How to Get Over It. It's a totally free workshop. You can have it, and it's yours. All you have to do is go to my website and get it. So that's one thing, and it comes with other tools that will assist you in releasing the judgment and having true forgiveness. So It costs you nothing. Go get it. It's yours. And it works. I have so many testimonials of people who have done it and used it and who have had the benefit of it. Because you know what? If if you feel like you're stuck on stuff and you can't get over it yet, isn't that creating limitation in your life? Right? Isn't that going to impact your ability to be open and receptive and available to God's love and prosperity and abundance now. So it's really actually quite important and vital that you do everything that you can in order to get over it. So that's why I offer that workshop for free, because it really does help and assist people in shifting out of their pain and their suffering. Now, the sacred circle has a number of different components there. 
And one of them is we've got weekly calls almost every week where you can ask me questions and we can be in dialogue. And I think that you will find that that can be amazingly helpful for you. And it's as little as $10 a month. So that's my sacred circle, Jennifer Hadley's sacred circle at jenniferhadley.com. And while you're there, click around, check it out because there's lots of free stuff you can be my daily prayer partner. I record a new prayer every day. And you know what? Prayer is a way of interrupting the pattern. Remember how I was saying that at the beginning that what we're doing is we're learning to interrupt the patterns of judgment, the habits of blame and shame. So one powerful way to do that is through prayer. That's why I record a new prayer every day and you can subscribe to that. You can get the phone number there at my website and you can call and pray with me every day or you can click and pray online or you can get the prayer in your email. All kinds of ways to play, to pray with me on a daily basis. And it strengthens your spiritual practice. It strengthens your willingness and that is key so key it's time for me to have a sip of my tea (laughs) I love my tea from the rainforest so it says next and we're back to the man for teachers development of trust section paragraph 2 now so we've gone through the period of undoing right which doesn't have to be painful but often is if we're clinging to the the suffering, then uh, it, it can seem very painful to go through the period of undoing. But, you know, we're sharing this material so that we can choose to have an easy time of it. I went through decades of having a painful time of it, and then I woke up and smelled the spiritual coffee, and now it's not painful anymore. Woo-hoo, it's not painful anymore. So, paragraph, uh, the next paragraph, it's actually paragraph four here. It says, next, the teacher of God must go through a period of sorting out. So, we go through the period of undoing, followed by a period of sorting out. It says, this is always somewhat difficult because having learned that the changes in his life are always helpful, he must now decide all things on a basis of whether they increase the helpfulness or hamper it. So this is the first lesson, the period of undoing. We begin to recognize that all things, all changes are helpful. All things work together for our good. And the plan is working for us. So once we realize that, then we are sorting and we're sorting out that which is really helpful and valuable from that which is not so that we can offload or discard the habits, the beliefs, the practices that are not valuable. It says he, and he, of course, is the teacher of God here, he will find that many, if not most, of the things he valued before will merely hinder his ability to transfer what he's learned to new situations as they arise. So this was definitely true for me. As I was moving into that sorting out stage, I found that much of what I had learned, much of what I had cherished, much of what I had developed and cultivated in myself, which was the ability to be highly controlling, highly manipulative, highly judgmental and critical. All of these skills that I had sharpened and honed were no longer valuable to me. They were, in fact, ripping my life apart. They were ruining my life. So to have cultivated these skills of judgment, control, manipulation, and attack, to have really honed those skills and then to realize, oh, these are the weapons of mass distraction. This is what is hurting me. This is what I must give up. It was challenging for me because I wasn't quite 
readily available <laughs> to give them over and surrender them gracefully and gratefully. But I got there. I got there eventually. It says, because the teacher of God has valued what is really valueless, he will not generalize the lesson for fear of loss and sacrifice. It takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. This is key. This is absolutely key. And this is the main thing to understand here. All things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. They really are helpful. And when you are willing to see that and know that, you will not cherish your judgments anymore and you will be free. Oh boy. And this is why we gather together. So we can learn from each other's mistakes. This is why we're in sacred circle together. So we can assist each other in valuing that which is truly valuable. Oh, the hour goes by so fast. I can't believe it. It's time for us to place our hand on our heart here. And take this deep love breath. This moving into gratitude. And we consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remember ourselves as light beings. For truly, that is what we are. We are not separate from love. We are the love. And we are grateful to know this for ourselves, to know this for all our brothers and sisters, and to bless all beings, including Mother Earth and all her kingdoms. We're grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I hope to see you in my sacred circle. And you have a great rest of your week. I love you. And I'll be with you next week.